virtual coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview and chat with early career professionals and small business owners. Now with me today is the owner of Bangle and Babe, Ashley Seahorn. When Ashley became a mother, she quickly realized how many things she had to hold and juggle in her hands, and this is where the idea for Bangle and Babe was born. They sell flexible, easy to clean, comfortable, and stylish key rings that will help anyone on the go. I'm really excited to dive into her journey. Now, before we do just that, I would really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcast app if you haven't already done so. You can also follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support and happy listening. Let's dive into Ashley's episode. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into your story, your journey. So would just love to first hear Bangle and Babe's mission and really where the idea came from to create this business. I was a new mom with a very difficult newborn and I just like I needed help and I maybe a bit of a distraction if you will I couldn't find a product that like ticked all the boxes for me I had this like giant new baby that cried all the time and she had all this <laughs> stuff I needed to take with me. So I wanted a product that was flexible, that I could easily clean, that I could see in my purse. And there was, there's, you know, there was a few products out there, but they just didn't tick the boxes for me. And so I remembered when I was a I don't want to say little girl, but I was a kid and all the fancy ladies had this key ring and it was made out of metal mesh. It was from Whiting and Davis. And it was, I always thought it was so fancy and they had like hearts and stuff. (laughs) It was so cool, but I didn't want metal mesh. Obviously I wanted something Mm -hmm. that was comfortable. And so I started looking and I couldn't find it. So I started trying to figure out a way to make it for myself. And I found that there was nothing really comparable that I could do. So, you know, I just really wanted to make things once I realized that I couldn't find what I wanted. I was like, well, you know, there's got to be other people out there. And at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of options. Now there are a lot of options, but at the time there wasn't. And so I was like, well, I'm going to see if I can do this and what it's going to cost and what, how I just didn't even know where to start. And like I said, I needed a little bit of a distraction for the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just really wanted to make th- one, it's like a, it's a tiny thing, but it's super impactful. Once you, once you start using this product, you're like, how did I like live without this? It's, it's so silly. Mm-hmm. And you think about it and you're like, I mean, it's really no big deal. I just carry my keys, but then you start using it and you're, you're thinking you don't even realize how much it helps you. So I just wanted to make one small impactful product that I could focus my energy on. And it just kind of went from there. Now we, we offer wholesale, we offer retail. It's just kind of, it's grown from that little seed to a full on brand. Yeah, that's incredible. I really like your mindset of saying first being inspired by what you saw when you were younger, which is just awesome in and of itself, but then saying, okay, I just want to have this one product and see where I can take it and look where that one product has grown right into so, so much. That's amazing. Did you have another full-time job when you first started, which I know the answer is yes, either way, because being a mom <laughs> is a full-time job, um, but more of, you know, did you have like a corporate job or a different passion or were you full-time momming at the time? I was a teacher and okay. had my daughter right before I 
like summer. So it was kind of during that summer. And then I did not yeah. end up going back to teaching. So really, I mean, I was really, I, I want to acknowledge my privilege and that I was able to kind of do this without having to have a nine to five and take care of my kid. I mean, I, I, I started off with kind of a, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I, it was a huge privilege to be able to do that. I always think about like, could I have done it? And it would have been harder for sure. It would have taken longer. I'm not sure if right. I would have had the, the energy to do that and mom and teach all day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, you mentioned you didn't really know where to start. How did you overcome that? Like, what were some of your very first steps, you know, when you had this idea? Like, what do you do with the idea, right? Where do you go from there? Right. So first I just started looking like, could I make it? Like, mm -hmm. and so then you, I started looking into like silicone and what kind of products it could be made out of. And I quickly realized that was not something that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I, uh, you know, just kind of looking into different products and, or like not products, but, uh, materials yeah, yeah, and thinking about size and how it would work. And so then you go into, okay, well, if it's going to be made out of this, then who does that, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you're small and starting off, nobody wants to talk to you. You don't have money. You don't have, <laughs> you're not going to order $200,000 worth of product. So really you're not worth anybody's energy or time. So it takes a lot of research and figuring out what the words are that they're using and what, you know what I mean? There's all just, mm -hmm. there's so many things that go into it. So I was looking for gaskets. I was looking for, uh, I mean, just anything that could be used in that way. And I really couldn't find anything. And so I just kind of kept contacting and emailing people and getting ghosted until I finally, like it took months, but figured out what exactly I was looking for and was able to approach somebody with a better picture than like, Hey, I have this idea and, um, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help mm -hmm. me? You know, <laughs> that makes sense. So it seems like first step was really to your point, can I make this kind of finding the materials? And then I'm sure even that one question, can I make this made you go down so many paths, right? It really seems like, you know, through my conversations with other small business owners, you just start on a path, whether that's, let me make my business logo, like, let me have that be the first step. And that leads you to this step and this step and this step, right? It's just kind of this ball that keeps on growing as you roll down oh, the hill or <laughs> and you're like, well, how do I even start a business? And right. I'm in tech. What do I need to do? And there's no, you know, it, it's just, it continue. You have all these lines that you like have this idea. It's like a, what is an idea map, you know, and it just mm -hmm. like grows and grows and grows until you're like, so overwhelmed. You don't know what to, where to <laughs> even start. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I can't imagine like having all those steps laid out in front of you, but you just got to tackle one at a time, I guess, right? There's only one way but forward and you just got to just got to push through. I would love if you could, you know, describe a little bit more the products you sell. So, you know, for someone listening who has no idea what what Bangle and Babe is, right? Can you just give us a, a picture of, of what you're selling? So I have this, this is so hard, you know, when you're out talking to people and they're like, <laughs> you and you're like um I own a business and they're like well what's your business like well I sell a key ring like, <laughs> they're like that's all you do I'm like yeah so I had somebody one time tell me she was like you need to call it a functional accessory and I was like that mm -hmm. I love and I have this really big problem about being self-deprecating so it's really hard for me to talk about this without being like I mean it's just like a thing so I sell a key ring and it's intended to be worn on your wrist. It's flexible. It's made out of food grade silicone. 
we have four designs down. We just released a new design and it's intended to carry your keys or any, you know, podcast or your um, ear pod case, your personal, like my assistants, they put their like little alarm, their personal alarms and pepper spray on it. Are there masks? Like, so, you know, you now we always have a mask with us. So it's nice to be able to, if you're like going to the park with your kid and you need to have a mask, but you don't want to wear it, to be able to like clip your mask on there and not have to like have it, you know, you just have everything all together. So yeah, it's a key ring that is a bangle bracelet kind of. Nice. Yeah. It reminds me, like I used to carry my keys on like a giant like carabiner, but your product mm-hmm. is obviously much more fashionable, comfortable, like looks way cooler. So it's a <laughs> an improved version of that. <laughs> right. That's what when I was teaching, I had my keys on a carabiner and I'm like, man, I wish I would have had one of these when I was teaching. This would have been yeah. awesome. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And I'm assuming you ship, right? Where do you ship all over the world or, or just the United States? Yeah. So we ship all over the world. That has become, international shipping has become quite the headache, but we're still doing it. Just shipping in general has become, I mean, things are even slower now than they were at Mm -hmm. Christmas. It's just become a real challenge, but um, we do it. It takes a long time to ship international. Um, Mm -hmm. We try to like warn everybody before we do that. And then we also, we wholesale. So over the course of time, we have, you know, over seven or 800 small boutiques, mostly in the U.S., a few in Canada, that offer this product. So also, we do that as well. So local small boutiques that that carry it also. That's really cool. That's Those are huge accomplishments, international shipping and wholesaling. Like, that's that's incredible. Congratulations on on getting your business to that point. That's, that's oh, amazing. Thank you. And so what is the process of making them now? Like, do you have a warehouse do you make them uh, out of your house right like where where's all the production happening so basically what happens is so I have manufacturers that I contact and I say here's my design and they so they have minimums that I have to meet they manufacture them and ship them to me and so we don't we offer four clasp colors so those are manufactured separately and so then once an order is placed we assemble them in our studio which is just a fancy word for an extra room in my house and and so we don't they're not so we put our hands on every single bangle that leaves this house and so we so you order a green bamboo bangle with a gold clasp we Mm -hmm. put it together we put it into our packaging we inspect it we're not perfect but we try to like make sure everything that leaves here is great and in good condition and so we have all of our my inventory is in our studio and it's getting cramped but so everything happens and comes from where from our studio and it's all it's a process so you know we place our mm-hmm. order it takes it could take depending on what time of year it is how big it is it could take months it could it, depending on shipping it could take 2 weeks it could take 7 weeks it's just kind of a toss up so it can be challenging that way especially when we're sold out and people are like when are you going to have it and then you know um, I think I'm going to have it in two weeks and it takes six weeks. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that balance, though, of you do use manufacturers, but to your point, you still touch every order like you're still packaging them out of your house. Like that's a really neat balance. I'm not sure if I've ever heard of that before. I'm, I'm sure I have, but I, I really like that how you're you use the manufacturers, but you still are very involved in the process. It's not all a third party completing it end to end. And every product is designed by us. So I, we design it. It has our logo on it. It's all that, you know, we're not going and saying, Hey, what do you have to offer this week? You know, we're, everything is for us by us. 
That's really cool. And who is your team? So obviously you, do you have a dedicated designer or, or who makes up your team? So as far as shipping and things like that, I have two interns who are amazing. One is about to, to graduate and leave me. So they're college students from a local college. And I'm really lucky to have them because I can be flexible with their schedule. And they, they, so I'm just really, I've, I've been fortunate that I've had good employees as far as designers and things like that. I outsource that. So I have people I work with, okay. but they're contractors, you know what I mean? Like, so we don't always have a new product and we don't have that much work going on as far as that goes. So yeah, I have people I work with, but they're, they're contractors. That's cool. I really like your solutions to these steps of the process, like manufacturer contracting out for design interns to help with shipping. That's neat. I really like that. I think that's a pretty successful model, which seems it could also scale. Yes. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Well, would love to hear some advice that you might have for other small business owners, whether they already launched their business or are just thinking about starting a business. You know, any learnings that come top of mind when you reflect on your time launching and building Bangle and Babe? There's really, it's so confusing to launch a business. There's no handbook. There's no like step one, step two, step three. And every, uh, my main thing was like, I wanted to be legal. I didn't want to be finding out in two months that I hadn't registered with a, somebody that I was supposed to register with and, you know, having to pay fees and stuff. And mm-hmm. every state is different. And every person you talk to will say like something different. And there's no main website you go to that tells you, you need to register here with your state and here with the federal government, you know, you need to have this testing done and this compliance done. And and there's just no like central location. There's no handbook. It's all these unspoken rules. And so it's real, it's very confusing. And you go to one website and they tell you to go here and it's a bit, it can be a bit lonely. And I really suggest finding a local group of entrepreneurs or like-minded people that you can kind of bounce ideas off of or go to for advice be careful on that one but find someone mm-hmm. who's experienced <laughs> that you can you can kind of bounce ideas off of or say like hey how did you do this and someone who's not who's willing to share and not guarding your their secrets but really and truly i would say the first step is to get legal um if you're going to be selling something registered to pay and collect to pay your taxes that's the first mm-hmm. thing that's, um, that's a huge one that i see people say like oh well i didn't make 200 dollars this year and it's like well that doesn't matter if you make a dollar money and my biggest advice is like don't be afraid to admit that you don't know what you're doing and don't be afraid to ask for help. So many people have this, like, I have to portray that everything's fine and great. And I'm like a boss and I got it under control. And honestly, you, there's no way that everybody does. (laughs) And at first I say, do what you can, but you can't be an expert in everything. You can't be an expert in design and website building and manufacturing and social media and accounting and HR. You just can't do it all. And so as soon as you can find people that help you to help you with those tasks that you trust. And it's very frustrating because you'll go, it's going to take you a while to find the people that you trust. But every one of those, every one of those hats that a business owner has to wear has some, has their own language, their own terms. And it's just not possible to be an expert in everything. So that would be another thing I would say is like, do what you can at the beginning so that you're not throwing money at people. But Mm -hmm. once you and find somebody who is capable and trustworthy and have them do it. That's great advice. I think 
you know, what I'm hearing is really build your team and your community. Um, That's a huge theme on this podcast with my guests is, yeah, ask for advice. And to your point, I really like how you stated you can't be everything. You can't be the expert in everything. And that's really true. That just makes a lot of sense. And I think is a great way to understand why building that team and community is so important, why asking for advice is so important and get get your taxes done. (laughs) That's good. That's good tactical advice as well. Yeah, it makes me wonder why there isn't a guide to starting a small business, right? Like almost a small business owner's playbook. Why do you think there isn't one? Do you think it's just every small business is so different? Every state is so different? There's no one answer that fits everything. And also it's always changing. So I think that there are a lot of people that have tried to create this that you're talking about, but like I couldn't create a small business playbook for a photographer. You know what I mean? Because I've never done that. And honestly, every, when I started this business, I wasn't thinking about wholesale. And so there's just so many caveats that go into it. And like you said, there's just, it's just different for every business, but it's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because that's always a question I have for small business owners is like, how did you know where to start? Right? Like there is so much that goes into a business, let alone making and selling your product, but all the legal stuff behind it, like you were bringing up. Yeah, I could imagine that being just very chaotic, trying to make sure you have like all your ducks in a row, right? And and making sure you're following the rules. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's I'm a big rule follower. So that's right. I would be the exact same way, like making sure I'm doing everything right every step of the way. And and maybe you just can't, right? Some things I'm sure you're just going to not know or mess up and then you learn at that point, right? You can't exactly. be proactive about everything. Right. And that's something I was kind of put in my notes is don't underestimate the time and frustration that's going to go into all of this. It's rewarding, but it's also a ton of work and frustration and disappointment. And there's a ton of people out there that's like this huge thing right now is like these courses and I'm an expert. I did this. And I would just caution people to really look into those people's background and what they're an expert in. You know, if you're starting a retail business and they were really successful at starting a photography business, that's great, but they may not, it may not be the best fit, you know, but you know, that just also I told you to go find people to help you. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also, you know, just not everybody's going to share your vision. Be careful who you listen to. You know, your parents may not understand or your cousin or your whoever, your friends mm-hmm. may not really see the vision that you're looking for, or they may not understand how it's going to be successful. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to be, you know? Right. Yeah, I think to your point, it's about being intentional with who you go to advice for, because there's there's also benefit, right, in someone telling you, oh, you know, have you thought about this or maybe this might be a roadblock? Like, you know, you don't need everyone to tell you, oh, yeah, you're going to be 100 percent successful. I can guarantee it. You know, feedback is very important. Hmm, I wonder what those filters are. It's almost like you said, ensuring they align to your vision, but also have the expertise to provide valuable feedback. Right. Exactly. And once you get further into your business, you'll realize everybody's going to have an idea that you, oh, you should blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And remember that they don't necessarily have the 
experience that you do with your business. So that's another thing. And also, but you said, like you said, being open-minded and saying, listening to your customers is so important. You know, we had, when we first started, we had a different class and we just listening. And, you know, we noticed that when we used it, like it, it broke after a year or two. Well, I didn't really Mm -hmm. want we were replaced. I replaced them, you know, free of charge, obviously, but I didn't want to be selling something that broke, you know? Mm -hmm. So just listening to the feedback that your customers give you emails, you know, like, Hey, this broke, can I get a new one? Of course. But just once you get a couple of those listening and saying like, okay, we need to pivot. We get, we got to be flexible and keep innovating, you know? Yeah. And I think the balance there is, I always remind myself, this is that feedback you don't have to accept like every piece of feedback you're given, right? You can say thank you so much and not do anything with it. I think listening to your customers is probably top of the list. Like you probably want to listen to them because they're actually handling and buying your product. But, you know, to the friends who don't align to your vision, like you can simply say, yes, thank you so much for your feedback and then just forget about it the next day, right? You you have that option. Yeah. Well, I was you know, curious where you're hoping to take Bangle and Babe and, and where you see your future. You know, clearly Bangle and Babe for you is full time, which is excellent. That's very exciting. And I'm assuming you want to keep that up for as long as you can. But any, you know, big milestones, whether it's for you personally or for your company in the future that that you'd want to share? As a business owner, when you first start, there's all these, you know, questionnaires, fill out who your customer is and what are your goals and things like that. But honestly, as a entrepreneur for the first time, you don't even have, your goal is to be successful. You know, as far as I am, this is the way my process works. I'm just, I've never been a goal setter. I know it's a valuable tool and that it works for a lot of people, but it's just not my motivator. So I would love to keep developing products. We're in the process of developing a new product now and listening to my customers. So really at this point in time with the past year and a half, I'm kind of in survival mode as far as like keeping Bengal and Babe alive and fresh and not going stagnant. I just started paying myself this year for regularly. Uh, <laughs> so that's a big, that's a big milestone for me. So that was a big goal is to like put myself on payroll. And I was able mm-hmm. to do that. That was a, a kind of a big thing for me. Um, I was paying my assistants, but not myself wow. regularly. <laughs> so I, like I said, I, I would love to keep developing new products and bringing new things, listening to my customers and just building a, my brand, building more trust with my customers and my brand, if you will. Yeah, I think that's it's great. And yeah, to your point, you know, you don't necessarily have to have these big goals that you have to hit. Cause I think if you take that too far, that can become kind of toxic because what if you don't hit that goal? Does that mean you were a failure? No, it just means something happened that year. There are other factors at play, right? That prevented you from reaching that goal or you reached a different goal. That's just as good. I like your mindset of just listening to customers, like constantly trying to improve, taking your business where they want to take it, where you want to take it, just growing. I really, I really like that. I think that's, that's excellent. I like the almost not having goals. That's that's a cool it's, mindset to have. It's letting it, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not an entrepreneur. Like I, this is my first business. So you don't really even know what is possible to set your goals at, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so, or, you know, like when you first start out, you're thinking like, oh, I want to be in the big stores. Well, guess what? That's really not as great of a goal as like I would have thought it would. You right. know, I'd really 
easier to kind of keep it small. And just because your brand is big doesn't mean profits are big. So, you know, it's kind of you learn once you start, once you really get into it, that maybe, you know, again, like I said, you have to be willing to pivot and adjust those things. That's great. Yeah, because someone to your point might say like, you know, when they're first starting out, my goal is to have my own storefront, but maybe your business evolves where that's not the best option for you. And that doesn't mean you're a failure because you didn't hit that goal you set day one, you just evolved and changed. Yeah, that's a great perspective. That's a very healthy mindset to have. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned your mom, you have a family, I'm sure you have a ton of other things going on in your life. I'm curious if you have any tips and tricks for balancing all that while running your own business. And I know balance is just not the right word. I haven't found the right word to use yet because really what is work-life balance? Like, does that even exist? But just curious if you have any tips or tricks or things you do to kind of keep yourself balanced or you know, focused on, on your priorities. Um, that's what I think survival is the word there. Anybody there you who's go. <laughs> got it figured out probably doesn't. So I was, I had a trouble with this question. I say, I would say hire out the jobs mm-hmm. that you don't want to do as soon as you can afford it. I'm not saying like go into debt to do that, but I are, you know, but I, as soon as you can afford it, try to find somebody who can, who can do those jobs for you. And don't be afraid to admit I need help. And I have questions, you know, there are resources in, in every community small business development centers, things like that, of people who not only will help you, but will do the work and refer you to people who will do the work for you. And they're oftentimes free. And then I would say no one has it figured out and no one will value your time and energy and business as much as you do. I have spent a lot of time chasing people to give them money. And it took me a little while to figure out like that is not how this is supposed mm-hmm. to work. Just because they don't value your time and energy as much as you do doesn't mean that they're the ones you should be, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be working with them. Find professionals who will respond to your emails, who will follow up. And that is, you don't realize it until you are in the thick of it that that's really not common. Like a lot of people will ghost you and they will, it's almost like you're trying to force money on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't work with those people. Find somebody new. Don't waste your time trying to force it. To your point about that community aspect, again, I think that's important for getting advice on being a small business owner, but also the other aspects in your life too, right? Like maybe you need advice on running your business, but also you want a community of other moms or, you know, friends who are going through similar situations, right? Like maybe you have your small business figured out and that's actually not the stressor. It's another aspect of your life. Well, then find a community in that area too, right? It doesn't just have to be a community for your job or work. It can be anything you need. A community helps in so many ways, right? In so many areas. So I just think that's a, a great point you brought up. So when you said, you know, you were like chasing people down to or to take your money, you know, can you give a specific example of that? Oh, sure. I've been through a number of bookkeepers, photographer, mm. you know, just because, you know, everybody's busy. I get that. Right. But when you shouldn't have to send three emails to just get a response to like, hey, can we work together? Yep. Or, you know, it just becomes very frustrating as far as you know, this is the agreed upon, you know, what will happen. And then that doesn't happen. If it can't be rectified, find somebody else. You know, it's a lot of work, but on the back end, it'll be easier when things are running smoothly. Okay. That makes sense. That's helpful with that example. Yeah. Like asking a photographer 10 million times, like, Hey, does this date work? And they just don't respond. Yeah. To your point, find a new photographer who wants to work with you. Yeah. It's going to be harder on the back end because they're not going to follow up after the pictures either, you Mm -hmm. know? 
even manufacturers, yeah. if they don't, if they're not responding to you, find somebody new, work on, yeah. you know, put that energy into someone who, into finding an, a, the next one, because once you give them money, then it's going to be even more frustrating. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, that's a great point. So, you know, Ashley, the last question that I ask all my guests is in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? And of course it can be related to your business or doesn't have to be at all. Just kind of that first thing that comes to mind when I ask you what your proudest accomplishment is. So business-wise, I mean, nobody cares about my personal life. So we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> number one is I'm really proud that the, I don't have any debt associated with this business. Again, that's a, a privilege. I started off really small though. So my first, I when I first started, I only had eight colors and I went with the manufacturer who had the lowest minimum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not always the best idea, but I really, it was really important to me to use what money I had to get the business started. And if I lost that money, that was fine but we've grown from there. So that's great. Um, Like I said, I didn't pay myself for a while though. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. figuring out just the process, I'm really proud that I was able to figure out how to manufacture my own products. I didn't, I I didn't have any background in that. And we, our new clasp design that we, we released about a year ago, a little over a year ago, it was big investment. When you're working with metals, you have a huge minimum order that you have to place. And so figuring out not only what I wanted the class to do, what I want it to look like, but also finding the person that could do that was a huge, expensive, long, frustrating process. And to have it done and accomplished was really a huge, like I was just really proud of our business and myself and being able to accomplish that with absolutely no (laughs) knowledge of Mm -hmm. like previous knowledge of how to do it. So just incredible. And congratulations on every, you know, everything you've accomplished so far with Bangle and Babe. And I'm sure there are many more successes ahead, but it is, it is truly incredible how you grew this business into what it is. And like you said, you really started out with just an idea and, and look for how far you've come. That's so awesome. And congratulations again on, on everything you've achieved so far. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. And Ashley, you know, before we wrap things up, where can people find you and Bangle and Babe, social medias, website, etc. shout them all out. So our social medias are, so Instagram and Facebook are at Bangle and Babe, all one word. Our website is bangleandbabe.com. Wholesale is bangleandbabewholesale.com if anybody is interested in wholesale. And then my assistants just started a TikTok and they have been incredible. Like it's, I gave them full reign on it because I have no idea how to, what I'm (laughs) doing there. And they have grown it and it has been incredible. And it's Spangle and Babe with underscores, but they are silly and embarrassing, but they're doing a great job. I need (laughs) credit where I, where credit's due. And then we're also on Pinterest, Bangle and Babe. We try to keep it all Bangle and Babe. Nice. That's awesome. I think I found you through TikTok. So they're doing something right over there. (laughs) They're just, I'm shocked. It's taken me four years to get 7,000 followers on Instagram. And they like are on TikTok for a half a second. And they have like thousands and thousands. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Ashley, for chatting with me today. And I hope everyone checks out Bangle and Babe on all the social medias. And yeah, this was a lovely time. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you.